FM in Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. We have an opportunity to talk with guests about the role of faith in their lives and important ministry that they are a part of. We always start the program with a saint of the day. And because today is January the 6th, we're actually going to celebrate a season. Uh, So for liturgical churches, Christmas is not one day. Um, It's actually a season of 12 days running from December 25th until January the 5th. And on January the 6th, we celebrate the epiphany of Jesus Christ. Um, The season of epiphany runs from as short as four weeks to as long as probably nine weeks. It's the season between the end of the Christmas season and the beginning of Lent, which always starts on Ash Wednesday. And of course, the season of Epiphany varies in length because it depends on the date of Easter, right? Easter is a different day uh, every single year. Uh, The word Epiphany comes from a Greek word meaning manifestation or appearing. And on Epiphany, we celebrate the revelation of Jesus Christ as savior of the whole world, uh, not just of human beings, but indeed of all of creation. So it's very fitting that we are kicking off a a series of talks on Faithfully Memphis about creation care on Epiphany, January the 6th. Um, Epiphany is a time to reflect on what Christ means not only in our lives, but in the world. And it's all about light and illumination and unveiling. One of the best known symbols of the season of Epiphany would be the three wise men, the Magi and the star. They were guided by the light of that star to the baby Jesus in the manger. But um, other events connected with Epiphany are the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River and Jesus's first recorded miracle, which is the changing of water into high quality wine at a wedding in Cana. There's a tradition in some communities to um, use chalk on Epiphany to write um, on your house and you do um, abbreviation of Latin phrases so that you can reflect that you want Christ uh, to bless the house. So we are you know, entering a season of epiphany. Uh, we are entering a season uh, on Faithfully Memphis of creation care and just um, 
encouraged by the fact that the light of Christ shines in the darkness, even when we can't see it. And so the, um, the collect or the prayer for the Feast of Epiphany is the following. O oh God, by the leading of a star, you manifested your only son to all the peoples of the earth. Lead us who know you now by faith to your presence where we may see your glory face to face through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So our guest this morning is Cynthia McCarty. She works at Church of the Holy Apostles, which is one of the churches in the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee, located in Collierville. And she had the amazing opportunity to be a delegate for COP26. That was the UN Climate Change Conference, which took place in 2021. So she is here to tell us a little bit about her faith journey and why creation care is so important to her. So Cynthia, good morning and welcome good morning. to Faithfully Memphis. How are you Thank today? Thank you very much for having me. I'm really good this morning. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So Cynthia, um, we always start with a few questions about a person's uh, childhood and the role of faith in their lives. And I know that you and I share a connection in terms of Arkansas. So can you tell us a little bit about um, the role of faith in your life when you were a girl? I will. Okay, so I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and um, I grew up there and grew up in the Episcopal Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, and um, my grandmother, I am fifth generation Episcopalian, and so it was always such a really important thing for me to be part of the Episcopal Church, and I think I got that from, um, you know, my, my grandmother is was always in the choir and um my dad you know um was really active in youth as a child and and, and as um and he was um active with Camp Mitchell which is something yes. we probably also have in we do college. have that in common yes that's that's <laughs> and, the Episcopal camp um for the Diocese of Arkansas located on Petty Jean Mountain right outside of Little Rock for our listeners yes. yeah and so it that was a huge um part of my formation as a child and I loved going to church I grew up at um Christ Episcopal Church for the first half of my life which is a really old church in Little Rock Arkansas and I loved going into that building and um and just there you know there's granites and and a big organ and I just loved going there and it was it was pretty high church at that time and, yes. and you know the the acolytes were gloves and I loved that and I got to be an acolyte and I, I thought that it was a wonderful thing and um, that really pulled me into church when I began to acolyte and um but when I was 14 my parents um and my family became seed members at a brand new church called St. Margaret's Episcopal yes. Church Yes. And we we met first at um, St. Michael's Episcopal Church, but then we were, you know, we didn't have a building yet. And so we met in um, a movie theater. Mm -hmm. So I went from this really 
high church to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And it was a big change for me um, to go to a big church and then um, end up at a small church where there weren't that many youth. Um, and uh, there was a small community and we were building and we were, um, you know, showing the community who we were as Episcopalians, mm -hmm. um, which at my time, you know, at the beginning, a lot of that identity was this high church. But then mm -hmm. I realized that our faith was built on a lot more than just the church building um, and that we could have church in a movie theater. And that was a that was a big lesson, especially in middle school when, yeah. um, you know, your youth and all that is so important to you um, to go to a small church and realize, OK, well, I, I, I have to grow this. And, right. and that was a wonderful experience, actually. Um, you know, at first I was like, oh, my gosh, I had this huge you know, building and youth and, um, and, to, and to go to something smaller and realize that church is much more than that building. Um, that was a that was a big leap for me. And I realized that um, I could grow my community not just in my church, but also through Camp Mitchell. And yes. so I, I, those friends that I made in the summertime and at the youth retreats um, are some of my friends today. Mm -hmm. and, and there, a couple of the, of the girls who I went to camp with, um, we, we text every day. So yeah. I realized that those friends in faith are those friends that um, will support me for the rest of my life. Even if I don't yes. see them, even if right. I don't go to school with them, um, th there's a huge connection with faith. And, and we mm -hmm. get together almost once a year and we, we talk about, you know, the Book of Common Prayer. <laughs> we yeah. talk about Episcopalian things, um, you know, that, that really have rooted us in that. But, you know, my grandmother grew up in South Dakota and she um, is part um, Sioux Indian and she went mm -hmm. to an all-girls Episcopal school. And so uh, everything you know, about her being is about the church. Yeah. And, and she's wow. still, she's 96. And so, wow. you know, she loves, um, you know, she's still, that's really important. So a, a lot of my identity growing up was not only being Christian, but also mm -hmm. being Episcopalian. Yeah. And so, sounds like those roots are really, really deep, Cynthia, and important to your life and bearing fruit, manifesting fruit, even today. Yes, it, it still is. And um, so I, I really, you know, it's been a big part of my life. Great, great. Now, can you let our listening audience know a little bit about your work at Holy Apostles? So I am the director of youth and children's ministry at Holy Apostles. And Holy Apostles is a lot like, you know, my second church, St. Margaret's growing up. It's, it is um, a wonderful church in a newer part of Collierville. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a really great community of um, people who are lifelong Episcopalians and people who are new to the Episcopal Church. And we have a lot of young families and we have people who have been rooted with um, the with um, Holy Apostles since it was at a different location. And I um, am the director of youth, which is the kids who are 16 years and older, and mm -hmm. I'm also the director of children. So I kind of see the ministry from, um, you know, from 
preschool all the way up through high school, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful thing. Um, before I worked for Holy Apostles, um, I did. I was a youth director at St. Margaret's Episcopal Church in Little Rock for four years. Mm-hmm. And um, before that, I worked for the YMCA as a program director. And I also taught in between. I taught for four years in public school and I taught science. So my background, um, my um, background is in science and education. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started at Holy Apostles, um, you know, I really, I really wanted to bring some of my um, skills and education to, Mm -hmm. um, to my ministry. And I really feel like everything I've done has been to serve. And at Holy Apostles, you know, I, I, I love I love the curriculum of Sunday school and formation, and Mm -hmm. I love to teach um, the kids, uh, even from a young age, and and to find that same lesson um, that I would teach a four-year-old to teach a a 12th grader, because it is a great, it's always a great lesson. I love, like, you know, Jonah and the whale, you know, I, I look at that story every year, and I find something else, you know, that connects yeah. Not only, you know, the, the fun story about the whale, but, but you know, the story about being a reluctant witness, yes. <laughs> which is something, yes. especially, you know, it, as, as a youth, um, you sometimes are. So, so right. I have found so much joy in the six, six and a half years I've been at Holy Apostles. It, it, it's just really, even seeing my own children grow up in that ministry, um, yeah. you know, it, it's been a really, really neat thing to do. So, and That's I know wonderful. how important it is, you yes. know, as a mom. And now, now that I'm, you know, it used to be that I was a youth director as, as a young adult and now I'm I'm (laughs) that as a mom. So I'm kind of seeing it both ways. Yeah. It's funny how that happens, right? It is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a great segue, Cynthia, especially, you know, your love of science. I came to know you really um, when you reached out to me last year, Mm -hmm. uh, you knew that uh, presiding Bishop Michael Curry, who is uh, the head of the Episcopal Church, uh, and, you know, first among equals, but in a sense, uh, my boss, in quotes, yes. um, you know, when he uh, let the, the larger church know that this COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference, was going to be online given COVID, and that anyone from the Episcopal Church who wanted to be an official part of the delegation could apply. And you reached out to me to say that this is an issue you're really passionate about, and you successfully went through the process, and you actually were one of the ones selected. So why um, is this whole issue of care of creation so important for you? You know, I... It's hard to... It's hard for me to... I'll, I'll tell you my process. I saw... Y'all put this out on, you know, the the diocesan email. Yes. And I saw it and I read it and um, I think I went through it and went past it. And then I came back to it and I was like, huh, creation care. That's very interesting. Um, You know, being that the Episcopal Church has been such a, a large part of my life, it's been very localized. Right. You know, and so. I, I clicked on it and I realized that there's this whole ministry of the Episcopal Church that is dedicated to creation care, which is which is this idea that not only are we responsible for loving 
you know, others, but also loving this world that God's given us. And, and that really spoke to me. I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say that I'm, I'm this big environmentalist or right. anything, um, but it is important to me. And I think that especially, you know, living in this world where we have lived um, with COVID in our homes, right. I've realized this excessive life we've lived. And, yes. you know, that these things that we, we feel like we have to have. And, and, and when, when you realize you don't need it, it's, it's been, it's been a huge burden, but also to realize that those things affect so many other things in our lives. Like, I mean, yep. um, and other people's lives. So yes. I clicked on this creation care and I realized this is a whole ministry. You know, this is something that we should be teaching our children mm -hmm. from, from the beginning is that not only should we love our neighbors as ourselves, but we need to care for this creation that God has given us. And, you know, um, even the, the Bishop, Bishop Curry in one of his interviews, he talks about how, you know, he said that God so loved us that he gave his only said for his for us for his world i mean this is you know god's right. world that he gave us it's the most precious thing and so i i really thought about that and um i didn't sign up right away it actually took me maybe a month yeah and i thought about it and i prayed about it and i kept coming back to that mm -hmm. it would be something that i would come back to on my phone at you know two in the morning mm -hmm. yeah and it was yeah. really on my heart and i thought you know, this is, this is really important. First of all, I think since, you know, our, our lives are very localized, especially when you become a parent and, and you're, and you work in the ministry of a single church, I didn't realize that how important our role was um, as ambassadors as well for our church in things like the UN, right. um, which is, this isn't a new thing. We we have a we actually have representation um, for the UN. Um, you know, who goes to to all the UN conferences and listens right. in, and so this delegation. I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity um, for myself, but also for this community to see that we are we are part of a bigger yes. picture. And a much bigger, bigger decision, a much mm -hmm. bigger. And um, and so I, you know, I, I thought about it and prayed about it a lot. And I started to look at the um the questions um on the questionnaire and, and the interview, basically, yes. and the application. And I realized that, you know, this is something that I, I really want to be a part of. Um right. using my science background. When I taught science in schools, we talked about ecology and we talked about um, you know how important our relationship is with the earth and mm -hmm. I thought you know I really want to be part of that conversation um and so I applied and yeah. um and you know I I talked to you about how I really want to I want this something to be brought into um you know our children's education yeah. in church yeah. and and I'm not I haven't you know it's been about month month and a half since I've been part of this and I'm I haven't you know written a curriculum or anything oh no it'll take still, some time it'll take some time and I realize that and but but I am I am really moved by um you know the fact that I, I want to teach kids that that you know that this is our creation to take care of and yes. so I was part of this group um of 24 
and um, the bishop, the presiding bishop and his team um, mm-hmm. from from the Episcopal Church, um, they they said, you know, this is a good opportunity. Generally, we would have gone every year. We go to this conference. It's the in person. Normally, it's in, in person. person. Yes, and um, and this year. They gave us 12 spots and actually gave us um, a lot of um, opportunities that we normally wouldn't get. Um, Usually they do send a team of people and they would pick people, but the team is much smaller. And so they said, you know what, let's open this to the general public, basically, Mm -hmm. and let's see who we can get, what talent we can get. And so they were at, they had 12 spots and they decided, you know, we're going to give it to 24 people and we're going to team this up. And so I I got to be part of um, the second week, but we were all involved the entire two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I met people who were ecologists and professors and bishops and, um, you know, other um, architects and senators. um, And they were all, um, you know, grounded in their faith with the Episcopal Church. Right. But they were also um, just, you know, very much um, concerned about um, our earth. And yeah. that's what the, the COP26, um, it is the conference that has met every year since the Paris Agreement, which was in yes. 2005. Yes. And, you know, part of it is lowering our, you know, our, our, we're, we're in the middle of global warming and we, you know, have made these promises and yes. they're big promises. Um, but um, every year we meet just to see where we are. Got it. So. And so, um, you know, were there two or three big takeaways from um, this experience, you know, given that it's a month and a half or so that you've been able to reflect on um, either aha moments or reminders or anything of that nature? There, there has been, I mean, the people I've met has been a wonderful thing. And being yeah. part of this, it's such an international thing. Yes. And I, I learned so much. I think one of the biggest things I learned is that our decisions, you know, we, we don't, almost don't see the problems that that global warming causes we kind of live in this bubble and the the people it affects the most are those who are vulnerable and those are the children and the people in countries um in the um you know um the the countries that are poorer than us and in we're, you know, we're a lot of the cause of that. And that really affected me. We were able to go and, and the one advantage of being online was that we were being cautious of the environment, you know, Correct. We didn't have all, you didn't have all the plane travel and all of that the plane travel, um, you know, and it, it would have been cool to go to Scotland. But at the same time, um, we were, we were also able to have access to a lot more than we would have if Mm -hmm. we were in person. So I was able to watch, um, you know, um, conferences and there's lots of breakout conferences in these things. There's the UN talks 
and, and that takes up a lot of time. And if you really like C-SPAN, then that's real interesting. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, it's not interesting. Um, you know, one of my takeaways is, is that we have a lot of work to do. And yeah. that this, it, it, is a, it is a big world problem. And a lot of the talks were, you know, with corporations and with governments and making these promises. But mm -hmm. it is something that we can help with by just being mindful of mm -hmm. the excess that we use and, and how we get our resources yeah. and also being mindful um, of how much that affects um, you know people um, in other places right and, and it really does mm -hmm. sounds to me that um, it was a reminder of how interconnected we all are um, and you yes. know we have lots of biblical stories, you know, Cain and Abel, I mean, you know, God asking, what, what is our responsibility to our brother and sister? And then, mm -hmm. of course, when we have questions about, well, who is my brother? Who is my sister? Right? And we, we have that parable of the Samaritan where um, the priest and the religious folks and the folks who were of the same culture and religion and class and race passed a person by. And it was the person who was from a different religion and a different culture and a different race who actually stopped to help yes. someone in need. So the reality is um, in today's world, Cynthia, you're right. The things that I do in terms of flicking on a light switch or turning on um, a faucet in my bathroom affects what happens in parts of China or parts of Africa. You know, I mean, we, we are mm -hmm. interconnected, but like you said, in our day-to-day -day lives, we can be so inward focused that we don't even realize the ramifications of our actions. It seems like we have a real awareness issue with all of the demands on our lives. How do we get people to understand this? How do we get this issue to rise to the top of our sort of our consciousness so that we are very mindful? on a daily basis you know it i guess part of it is education and showing people um especially our children um that we we don't live off the land quite like most people do in our worlds right and we we are able to go to the grocery store and get food whenever right. we would like and that is a wonderful privilege and, and and we should be thankful for that privilege but most people in most the world live off the land yeah literally, literally literally off the land literally. yes and having clean water is not is a privilege clean water it, is a privilege yeah is a privilege and that is not something that we that you know i even understand sometimes right or remember that that right. is that is something but there are people you know in 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 big countries that um because of global warming um they are unable to have clean water right. and they are unable to um you know farm the land like they are supposed to or would would mm -hmm. want to and um, I think that, you know, educating our kids and showing them that we are not only 
part of the world that we live in, but we're a part of this greater world. Yeah. And um, is, is really important. Um, even, you know, that, that's a lot of the education I got myself. Um, I have to tell you, part of my background is my mom's from the Philippines. Yes. And she grew up in a very large city. She grew up in Manila and she came here and, um, as a nurse. And um, But there are parts of the Philippines um, that, you know, people do live off the land. And then I watched a story about how um, the, the rising seawaters has brought um, pollution to some of the, the bays and, mm -hmm. and the, the, um, the water, the runoff is affecting, you know, groundwater, but it's also affecting the fishermen that live, you know, mm -hmm. in that area. And so seeing that, you know, this is something that's closer to me than I thought it was. Yes, yes. Um, it's not in my backyard, but it, it is where, you know, it is a big problem in, in the places like the Philippines, which, which are growing nations. And, right. um, and so a lot of that, you know, it's just showing that, that, like you said, we are all connected in this mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. so, so now that the conference is yeah. over, um, in terms of the delegation that you were part of representing mm -hmm. the Episcopal Church at this United Nations conference, um, are, are, is your group going to continue convening virtually for reflection or for additional education or training? What's sort of the next stage in terms of the delegation that you were a part of? Well, so part of our job, you know, a lot of our job was um, to to observe. We did yes. a lot of observation and, and that's really, you know, we don't have any say necessarily right. in these conversations. Um, and, and if we were in person, there would be some lobbying and some, you know, trying to get people's attention to right. let them know that the Episcopal Church, we actually have resolutions about this, that right. we are, you know, part of it is prayer and to make sure that our country upholds its promise, right. um, you know, to, to lower, I think it's about, you know, 2030, which is not that far away. No, it's not. But, you know, 1.5 degrees, which, which is actually a really hard thing for us to promise. And a lot of, um, what we did also is, you know, we wrote our own statements mm -hmm. to say that we support, um, you know, um, we we support and pray for the indigenous people and the people, um, you know, of um, other other places that are vulnerable, um, and that you know. So we wrote a big statement. It is on the CAP website that you can okay. see these things are. Um, actually the, the creation care, if you go to the yes. creation care website on there and we are still talking. So we have met, um, since then we've met a few times, um, I think three times to debrief. So mm -hmm. we debrief and we talked about, because though it ended, um, in November, um, you know, it's still something that, it wasn't complete necessarily. Oh, not at all. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so we have met and we've debriefed and a lot of us like myself have, have gone to talk to, you know, um, our community about what we've done. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of it is bringing, bringing back uh, this big world idea to our smaller world. And, and, and so we've shared, a lot of us have shared. And so I still have an email stream of people um, who have, um, are doing like what I'm doing, which Got is it. sharing. It's also, you know, I 
finding a way, um, for me, it's finding a way to integrate this into our everyday lives. Right. And our Sunday lives as well. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so two sort of follow-up questions. One would be, mm-hmm. what are your initial thoughts about next steps here in the Diocese of West Tennessee and how we might be able to broadly share this information. Of course, you being on Faithfully Memphis today is a part of that. And, and this yes. radio show goes far beyond uh, Episcopalian. So we, this is one of the ways that we are getting this message out. That's my first question. And then my second question, Cynthia, would be, um, how has this experience impacted you know, your relationship with Jesus? What role has this played in your faith journey? Well, so, you know, part of mine is, is I, want, I, I want to find a way to integrate this into curriculum, this creation care idea, mm-hmm. this bigger picture of it. Um, I also, you know, by talking to you and talking to Faithfully Memphis, I, I want people to realize that, you know, um, our faith communities are, are very important to the, the overall global governmental decisions that are being mm-hmm. made. And in that a lot of it comes through prayer and comes through conversation, but, yeah. but, you know, we do matter in Collierville, Tennessee, you know, um, I, I came to this thinking, oh, I'm not a senator or an environmentalist right. or a scientist or a bishop. Um, you know, I, I'm just, but I came to it saying, you know what, I, I am a mother and an educator in the middle of the country. And yep. we need to be part of this conversation too. We're not, yeah. it's, we're, we're, we're small, but, but we have to listen in right. um, on that and be part of that. Um, you know, I, a lot of the goals that I heard were, were big goals, but we can make decisions. I think just being aware of our excess is, is one of the biggest decisions we can make. We, yeah. we can think about, you know, um, where we get our food because a lot of, our food contributes yes. to that global warming. And, um, you know, I, I think about even my doctor says you should eat a more plant-based diet. Yes. <laughs> and that's something we have to think about. That, that not only helps us, but it also helps our environment. Because right. a, lot of, um, a lot of those, those foods, those processed foods, and um, really help contribute to the overall um, the overall warming of our, our of our globe and yeah. um you know to think about local foods to think about growing gardens and you know those are those are things that living in the suburbs you know sometimes can be hard but if we right. see that there is organic food that is available um we we should think about those things you know to mm-hmm. um use the things that are local not only to support you know, our community, but also, also to think about those chemicals that are being put in our ground that affect things like groundwater. Um, And so um, I I would like, you know, I've talked about curriculum a lot, a lot of this conversation, but, but I would like to find a way to integrate that into our curriculum. And and that's, you know, a a lot of what I, I love, you know, to do is to find a way to find a way to um, show children, mm-hmm. you know, God's love. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and to show him, you know, them God's love 
um, through the teachings that we already have, yeah. you know? And so I, I think also this has made me more aware of how much of creation care is part of our story and, mm -hmm. and part of the story of Jesus. And, mm -hmm. and um, I, there's, there's a great interview with, with a presiding Bishop Curry on ABC News and he talks about, you know, the first story in our Bible is creation. Yeah, the garden. <laughs> and, <laughs> so it is the first thing. He, they talk about how God, you know, has created this wonderful place. And so I think that we have to be more aware of the importance of that. I'm sorry, I have a dog barking. <laughs> oh, wonderful yeah. dogs. Um, yep. Our creation. Yep. Um, but I think to, you know, to come back to the story that we have taught and see how important um, God's creation has been all along. Yeah. All along, yeah. All well, along. you know, we're taping this on January the 6th, which is the Feast of the Epiphany. Uh, yes. an important day in our liturgical calendar and the epiphany one of the main um symbols really is light and yes. you know to think about if i'm holding my one candle that's not very strong light right but yes. if hundreds of people thousands of people millions of people billions of people if we each have one candle then that cumulative effect is so much greater. Like I don't have to solve everything, but I can make some small changes in my life that will have a ripple effect. And I think we're really at a point, it seems to me, Cynthia, with all of the extreme weather things that we've seen just right here in West yes. Tennessee <laughs> over the past few months, it's a tipping point, right? I yes. mean, we're, we're either going to make some small changes to start improving, or if we continue on our current path, then I think these, the situation is going to get worse. Like the decisions we make are going to have an actual impact on the future of this planet. I think that you're right. And, and people, you know, like you said, people think, oh, it's just my one small candle. But, but you, you, you think about if you extinguish those candles, how much of a difference that makes. Right. And so if we just put this out of our minds and think, you know, it is really easy to say this is a big corporate thing that, you know, they have to worry about. Right. But these decisions come from us. And, and we have, we've been impacted by a lot of those decisions this year, this year with right. the weather. You know, right. we're home from school today, even. Right. Because of the weather. Right. <laughs> because of the weather. And um, it, it is something that affects us. Um, and, and so you know, it, it, it is important to um, be part of those decisions, but, you know, being mindful, that's mm -hmm. where it becomes, and being prayerful, right. and, and um, you know, thinking about those things that we have, yeah. but um, I, I think it all, you know, it, it is important there yeah. um, to start there, yeah. so that, that's where I've started, <laughs> Yes, yes, great. Well, Cynthia, we normally conclude by asking um, the guests, you know, we are certainly in a time of, of change, of transition. We've had lots of different 
stresses, um, certainly even before COVID, but these past two years, so many difficult things that we've all been dealing with. And I wonder what is it that is giving you a sense of hope in the midst of this very complicated world and the problems that can seem so overwhelming, uh, yet you don't appear to be discouraged. And so what is keeping your spirits high in the midst of this stuff? Well, I think, you know, having children, being around children and seeing that they can adapt to this, yes. <laughs> this change, our big world and these big things, um, they, they, there was a time where they seemed um, so important in our lives that it identified, you know, that we identified with. And, and, and when that seemingly was taken away, I mean, I would have never imagined any time in my life that we would be in quarantine yes, <laughs> ever. Yeah. and that we were, we would be able to say, you know what, we're not going to go to school. We're, we're going to try to go into work. <laughs> we're not going to work. Right. We, we're going to do things from home and your, your world went from this really busy, huge thing to, to, to your home and right. how important that is and how important your home is. Um, and, and where you live and the security of that. And, and yeah. so it, 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 you know, helped us to realize how much we have and how, how, yes. um, how blessed able, we are, how, how blessed we, we are, are, how able we are to live in this small space that we have. But, yeah. you know, this was also an opportunity to, to connect, like, mm -hmm. um, like us being on Zoom think about the resources that we have now correct or, or that we probably all what always had that right. um that we are utilizing now to stay connected that that you know a lot of this is in our hearts and in and, and, um and you know um that we can build communities that don't necessarily have to be um you know in in your com own community in your physical right. community right and so that's been a really great takeaway for me I, um I, I have spent more time talking to cousins um, yes. on Zoom than I did ever before, which is wonderful. I have, I have cousins that live in California and in Texas um, that I was not close to until this time. And so that's yeah. been a wonderful takeaway that um, that we can be part of um, a yeah. community, even if we can't be together. Um, yeah. And um, but but it does make you aware of how much you have. Um, I also made us slow down, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I, I talk about now how you know people were going at a hundred percent and then they went to zero percent, and now they realize that forty percent is really a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, and, and you know, church church is something you can do at home. Yeah. You, you can pray at home and you can bring, um, you know, Christ into your home and, and that it doesn't have, you know, something I learned, it doesn't mean the building. when you're Correct. You're right. Church is definitely <laughs> not the building. And you mentioned that earlier in the interview yes. that, you yes. know, um, you have learned that we can be the body of Christ, the people of God anywhere, not yes. in one particular physical location. Yes. And I, I've, I've loved that, you know, you know, I've been able to get on Zoom and, and, and on Facebook and those things and, and, and do what I would teach to, um, you know, my, my small Sunday school class and yeah. was able to show people, 
you know, wonderful stories of Jesus and, and the, the people of the Bible and these lessons that we learned. And other people got to see it. I had friends in Texas who, yes. who watched my Sunday school. So that's been a really wonderful thing. And, yes. and, and to be able to share my faith, um, you know, to a bigger community. And that's right. been a wonderful thing. And so right. um, I, I'm, I was very thankful for this um, this opportunity. And, and I hope it is something that... Um, you know, it was a two-week journey for me for the COP conference, but it is something that has um, really formed me for the future. Yes. Uh, and 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 to you know, it, it gave me a new passion to think about, um, to think about um, how I can impact this community with myself and my community. Um, teaching people, you know, we we do recycle and and um, but. There are a lot of things we, we are very, um, we are still very um, dependent on our cars yep. and um, those things. And, and how do we think about, um, you know, uh, getting to places, maybe carpooling. So th those things have, I've thought about a lot, you know, I've carpooled kids from, from our church in Carrieville to the cathedral because yes. I, I think about those those impacts now and so um those little things are um things that I think I I, I want to share and um that have I took away from this experience great so. well Cynthia I'm just really excited to see how this new knowledge and your renewed passion uh is going to manifest and bear fruit not only in your family and your Holy Apostles community, but in our diocesan community yes. and beyond. So thank you very much for your willingness to be a part of um, this really important dialogue about creation care. Yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm very thankful to be part of that. And you'll hear more from me. <laughs> Great. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Faithfully Memphis. Uh, just a reminder that you can listen to this show anywhere you hear podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Music. So if you do so, we encourage you to follow us and to like us and to give us comments about how you think we're doing. Also, just a reminder that this is the start of a series on care for creation. Next week, our special guest will be Nick Wiggins of the Wolf River Conservancy. And the week after will be Mia Madison of Memphis Tilt. Uh, we are trying to, in the new calendar year of 2022, um, have some overarching themes for a three to four to five week period um, to be a little more thematic uh, as we consider how best to utilize this platform, uh, which has been a wonderful opportunity uh, for the diocese and we want to enhance it even more. So until next week, my sisters and brothers, stay safe and stay positive.